Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. 88.1 WKNC. That song you just heard was called Wildwood by Miranda Lee Richards. And before that, you heard If We Don't Know, We Never Will by La Luma. My name is Sarah. My name is Janae. And you're listening to the Oak City Move, a weekly program here on WKNC. So today is actually our birthday. Happy birthday to us. One year. As well, a show. Yes, as not a show. Not as individuals. We are, we are big girls. But um, we'll be talking a little bit about the founding of Oak City Move and a little bit about our experience over the past year. But first, we have Carter Poppy, uh, the founder of Pricey here with us. Hey, Carter. Hello. So, Carter, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and Pricey? Sure. So, I'm a senior at NC State studying mathematics. Um, and I started Pricey about six months ago. Uh, it is a independent news agency. Um, it's kind of a, a ambitious way of putting it. It's basically a project that I'm doing. Um, about NC State news and sort of giving me an outlet to do uh, journalism about NC State. Awesome. And how did you get started with that project? Yeah. So originally I was at Technician. I was doing, um, I was the news editor there. And after I left, I wanted to continue doing uh, journalism, specifically reporting. And so I decided to start uh, Pracy kind of as a way of continuing to do that. Um, specifically with a focus on doing the podcast, which I was doing uh, while I was with Technician. And so I started the Pracy podcast. The first episode was about um, Title IX. I interviewed someone from OIED about that. Um, and it's been, it was doing bi-weekly last semester, and I've upped it to uh, three episodes a week this semester now that I have just 12 credit hours to deal with. And how do you stay motivated to do something that ambitious as a second semester senior? <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, also with no, like, supporting staff. Like, you're right, doing this it is, by yourself. It is just me. I'm the only one that kind of does recording editing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty serious about doing uh, journalism after I leave NC State. Uh, so this is sort of a way to create a portfolio of work that I can show to potential employers. But it's also just, like, a, I mean, it's a really serious passion project for me. Um, it's a really good way of being able to connect with people around the university because I interview a ton of different people um, doing a ton of different things. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I've, now that I've kind of gotten into the swing of producing three week this semester, it's kind of just a uh, habit, I guess. <laughs> and something interesting about Carter is that he's actually not like a comm major or even a chess major. What's yeah. your major, Carter? Yeah, I'm so like I said, I'm mathematics. And the way I got into um, journalism was, like I said, it was at Technician before and um, found my way there just because I was not really doing much in my junior year. Just not doing much. Just like in I was not, I had like classes, but I was feeling uh, lack of um, having anything outside of that to do. And so I. Uh, I had been I'd written a little bit of opinion for technician before, but I wanted to try the news side of things. And after coming into a meeting, doing a few assignments, I was like, "Dang, this is uh, <laughs> this is what I need to be doing." So, and that's actually how Carter and I met. It's really funny because both of us ran news, and then here we are working with 
like podcasting yeah, and, yeah. And, <laughs> and talking on the radio. Now doing, now doing broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really interesting, <laughs> yeah. I mean, parallel. Um, so yeah, I wanted to, I want to also give you an opportunity to play a clip. So uh, it talks about getting to talk to really interesting people for this project. And yeah. one of them is Warwick Arden, who is the uh, provost of NC State. So um, I interviewed him for a kind of a documentary that I did about the history of a department here at NC State. Um, and he agreed to be interviewed. And um, so here's a clip of him talking about NC State students. The thing that always really impresses me is students at NC State, it's not just about their own personal success. Uh, they truly want to make a difference. I mean, they want to make an impact in the world. Uh, once again, I think it comes back to sort of that think-and-do mentality. Um, so I'm, I'm always blown away, not just by the caliber of our students, but their ambitions and their goals to make the world around them a, a better place. And I think that's what one of the things that makes NC State unique and strong is is that mentality. Yeah, so he was thinking a little bit about, like, you know, the whole think and do mentality. And I definitely agreed with what he was saying. I mean, like, like, and I talked a little bit about this in, like, the post I wrote um, for today, like, talking about, like, the foundation of Oak City Move. But just even through broadcast, I feel like it's really given me an insight into, like, how much leeway I have in terms of, creativity and things like that even within our you know because I mean we have a really huge campus so to know that there are people out there listening to this that might not even be on this campus is really awesome yeah yeah and you know one thing so today I woke up and I was checking the um like podcast analytics and it uh the today I hit a thousand downloads for all the podcasts that I've produced oh, Crazy, yeah. which is awesome um say it again that's not the same as a birthday. Not the same as a it's birthday. A Something we're celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it it definitely calls for cake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool knowing that like people are listening. But also, uh, yeah, this is a project that like um, when I first started, I was kind of anxious about like I I mean I didn't have an audience starting out, so mm -hmm. it was like how am I who am I doing this for? And it was mostly for me. But getting to engage other people from NC State by talking to them and just like uh, people get really excited when you send like the podcast to them that they were interviewed for mm -hmm. and like they yeah. share it with everybody. So yeah, that's a really cool, that's a really cool experience. <laughs> and so I guess once you have this idea of, you know, okay, I want to make my own independent thing, especially like through broadcast and audio and things like that. How did you go about starting that up? Especially like, like I said, without having a supporting staff. And then at that point you weren't going through, WKNC, it was just kind of this own independent project that you were yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. When I started it, it was right at the end of last semester, and I wasn't really thinking <clears throat> about going through WKNC, like you said, but uh, <clears throat> I'd been working on the, like I said, the podcast for Technician, so I, you know, already had sort of the chops and the access to be able to uh, work in the studio to, to do that sort of thing. Um, and so it was kind of a, kind of a, uh, thing of just like figuring out what topics that I wanted to start covering. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was thinking about what I saw going on at NC State, what I was already thinking about being a news editor for technician, like what I knew were sort of big topics. And it was really a matter of just like simply just like reaching out to the people I wanted to talk, being like, Hey, I'm interested to 
talk to you about this. And if they're an expert in it, they're going to be interested in talking to you as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty easy to get people in the door if they're talking about something that they're excited about. Yeah. And I noticed like going like and I like, you know, had known about your website from the beginning and the, the whole project. But looking back over it, like as a collective, you kind of see in the beginning that it's more like your typical like news coverage, but then it goes into more of these mini series. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, one of the things that I started recently is called Protected Class, which is a, like you said, mini series. And it's about uh, kind of a few things, identity, culture, communication. The main thing I was interested in exploring was kind of how people talk to each other about like things that divide us culturally, Mm -hmm. uh, race, disability, sex, gender, sexuality, like everything. Yeah. And um, I didn't really see an outlet that was obvious to me that was sort of exploring these topics, especially NC State. So um, I kind of just took it upon myself to start going into it. And um, yeah, we have a clip of something that is actually going to, it's not released yet. This is from the podcast that's going to be coming out on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, this is with Moses Green from the um, African American Cultural Center, and I was talking to him. I was sort of uh, talking to him about African American history, and uh, as you'll hear, I sort of made a faux pas as I was speaking. So yeah, go ahead and go ahead and play it. You look at why, how black people got here, mm-hmm. and it, like you said, um, the diaspora, slavery, and, you know, they were brought here beyond their means to change that, but they were a part of American culture dating back to its its early days. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, civil rights also very much... Now stop, stop, stop. I got to stop you there. Okay. Don't ever jump from slavery yeah, to civil yeah. rights. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. This is also, so, yeah, so this let, is a good so point. Let me, this is let me be point. the professor. Sure. Everyone started slavery. Yeah. Which is why this, we didn't start here. That's why African, we started in Africa. Yeah. I'm Afri- African-American studies major. Yeah. Professor of African-American literature and, and African-American cinema, African cinema. Our beginnings aren't on a ship as a result of another culture bringing us here. If that was our existence, um, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> that was a really funny moment because I was recording that and, like, thinking this is going to end up being in the final cut. Like, do I – or I was thinking, like, do I want to, like, make myself looking like a fool and ending up in the final cut? And I decided that I would include it just because, like, a lot of the conversations that you have about, especially race, mm-hmm. involve, like – being wrong, especially if you are not like familiar with the subject. Yeah, yeah. I think part of it. Well, those like, like yeah. Well, I'm as um as podcast manager. Um, <laughs> I like to include when our guests are like no, <laughs> correct us because it's a lot of the time things that our audience might have also said and might not have thought about being not wrong or not the whole picture. So hearing someone else make that mistake and hearing the answer to it is less about pride and less about getting owned than <laughs> being than like, open about that within the yeah, dialogue. Yeah, like getting to the heart of the truth. Yeah, yeah and, and this series has been like, I said at the beginning that it's going to involve a lot of me kind of looking dumb because I'm not like an expert in 
anything except my experience, which is like white, straight, male, uh, raised Christian, which is, you know, a pretty limited like experience. So, you know, I'm interested in getting to know all these other people and like what they're experiencing and getting their thoughts on how people can have better conversations about, you know, race particularly. And like the thing that just consistently comes up is you have to be able to come into these conversations, not with the goal of being right, but the, with the goal of like of learning. And um, that's been a that's been a kind of a, a pretty big thing for me as I've as I've gone about this. And just the point too that you, I'm sorry I forgot the name of the person that you were talking yeah, Reggie to. Reggie Barnes. He runs the. Um, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the point that he made too, I just think is really interesting to. Or I'm touch sorry, upon. that was Moses Green, African American Cultural Center. Yeah, because I was like, sorry, sorry. That that, that is a that is Reggie another Barnes person is that the other is the last clip I have. <laughs> <laughs> but so the point that he made about. You know, us like general, like as an American, like as the United States, we tend to, whenever we look at history, and not just with African American history, but just like minorities in general, jump from big events from one to another, it's particularly events that tend to like make white people look good. I mean, which I hate to say, but like, like no, you're sl- right. slavery, it's like, uh, oh, like we were terrible and we, you know, had slaves there, but, but Abraham Lincoln came and he <laughs> and saved. Yes. <laughs> or like with civil rights, it's like, this was terrible, but, but, but there were those few like, you know, white people who were able to like, you know, fix it all. And, and yeah. also just like super centrist history version of Martin Luther King. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like, oh yeah, Martin Luther King wouldn't want this, all this Black Lives Matter and all this like yeah, yeah. violence. I mean, Moore didn't die for <laughs> Did you say Macklemore? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. But yeah, just I don't know. Like I feel like that in of itself is like a whole conversation because you see this a lot with like even like LGBT history. Because I know you and I, Janae, we went and saw um, a documentary last semester. Yeah. At Hunt that was talking about the lavender scare, and so with like LGBT history in the United States, it touches on like very like like surface level thing so like if it's even mentioned talk about like stonewall riots harvey milk and then um then like equality like in general american history like in general american history like any president we know like when they breathed and when they did anything (laughs) whether they're a particularly interesting president or not but like when it comes to any sort of like minority history it's like you learn the big one to two things yeah Yeah. like even native american history it's like Oh, they were here and they helped the pilgrims. Trail of Tears. The end. Yeah. And they, they're still, I mean, they were there in all the in-between parts and they're still yeah, here now. So it's like. been here the entire time. Yeah. yeah. And, and Moses in, in that interview later sort of made a really interesting point. I thought it was, it was right on that. Like when he was studying African-American history in college, he was surrounded by other other uh, black people mm-hmm. in his classes, not because he was at he was at Syracuse. So this is like oh, a yeah. predominantly white institution. But it's like the interest in in black history specifically is very limited to like the the parts that sort of satisfy the white savior complex, like um, uh, emancipation and like granting people the right to vote. Like, <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, Basic things, but like things that definitely, yeah, like you said, highlight the um, uh, things that white people have been able to give to black people. Yeah, it's or not, not even just like black people, just like been able to give to people that are not white yes. or of yes. the dominant. Which like 
also like I would just like a disclaimer and like to Carter like you're saying this as a white person because I mean I feel like often a lot of times people are listening to this they're not understanding where we're coming from for the pull picture this is not to say that you know all white people are out to get everyone oh, no, yeah. like no. down with the white person like you know it's like we just need to acknowledge as a country that historically white people haven't been the best in terms of Rep- like using yeah, their I mean, privilege it's the, it's the group of the oppressor like it's it's like you can't yeah y- certainly you can't point at like oh all white people are like have a white savior complex or anything like that but like at a societal level when you look at how people talk about think about history all of that like just the way that it's communicated about has a very white centric view and like individuals might be good at, at getting things right when they talk about it but like overall the way the conversation goes is kind of controlled by white people so real quick we have a special guest with us today we have um our friend Anna Louise in the studio yeah she's gonna be joining to interview some as well (laughs) yeah but just for sure just like I don't know it's these like you like I feel like with the the whole like white perspective it's like you can only like even now like like as if you're trying to be a white ally or like a straight ally or like the predominant group bl- like blank predominant group ally you can educate yourself and things like that so much but at the end of the day you need to give people a space to just share their experience because yes. you're never going to be a hundred percent immersed in the same experience, which is honestly what you're doing at this point with this right. podcast yeah. yeah it's it is like it is a piece of what i'm trying to do um, I mean, yeah, I, I personally also have to sort of fight that, like, like I mentioned, the white savior complex of like, I have this platform that I am granting to these people. Like, it's really a platform for them. And I am just kind of the one that's like moving the buttons. And, yeah, and, like, you're sitting in the a, dark, just like the computer with <laughs> getting the their voice on. out there. But like, yeah, truly, it's 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 a project that was actually inspired by another uh, another um, interview that I did this whole uh uh, segue right nicely into the next clip, which Bring it is full circle. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a conversation that I had with Reggie Barnes, uh, who runs the or is in charge of the bias incident response team at NC State, which yeah was <laughs> shout es- out, <laughs> <laughs> which was established. Um, I think uh, it was like per- recently, like in the past, yeah. like two or three years. It's been it's been since I've been here, which is in the past four years. But yeah, he he has sort of a difficult job for a lot of reasons but he basically um is uh here's all of the complaints that people submit through the bias incident response team like portal and um sort of is in charge of handling them and one of the things that i was talking to him about was uh the difficulties that he has in his job because a lot of it is about him being able to communicate with people and one thing that he mentioned as a sort of common misconception is this idea of like quotas, especially at NC State, and um, how certain people get to NC State only because of their skin color or something like that? Um, so yeah, this clip is sort of. And so just before we play, can you sure. give a little bit of background, like what the bias incident response oh, yeah, team yeah, is? Yeah. Like just like, and I mean, <laughs> the three of us have that. The three of us uh, interviewers have had a little bit of experience with that. Yeah, but, we were um, recently reached out to by the bias incident report team. After um, an incident. incident that if you're a regular listener, uh, you may have heard the 
aftermath of. <laughs> yeah, last episode. But, um, but um, he was really responsive and really great, actually. Yeah, he was so you worked with him. To our bias. Yeah. 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 He actually emailed he us, us all, personally. Yeah. 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 So it's sort of an institutional way of like providing an outlet at NC State for people who face bias incidents to have a way to let the institution know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't, I mean, it's sort of, it was not very clear to me when I spoke with him. Uh, like, they're still like sort of getting the protocol for how to respond to these sorts of things. But the major key that they always keep in mind is that they want communication to happen. They want to be able to get whoever is involved in the incident, if they're willing to talk to each other and be able to like understand why each party is upset, um, that's like a major a major part of what it is. And so, it, yeah, like I said, sort of a way at NC State to give an outlet for um, having these issues handled and um, heard by the institution. All right, and here's that clip. When people express that they feel that your role is unnecessary or whatever they're saying, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And what, like, what is your response as mm-hmm. well? Number one, I have to be very understanding. If there was anyone who can't respond in a, um, in an antagonistic way, it would be, uh, it would be my particular position. And because I want individuals who disagree to express how they feel about, about certain things, they may perceive that students of color or, um, underrepresented marginalized students may get scholarships and may get opportunities that others that are well-deserving, um, should, should have. They don't understand that Everyone who comes to NC State now um, is pretty, pretty academically uh, uh, equipped to do well at, at NC State. So coming from the premise that everyone who is accepted belongs, then we can reestablish what the conversation is. If everybody belongs here, if uh, then we have to create to the best of our ability and an and equal playing field. What's the best way for that to happen Oftentimes, we have to possibly provide more resources for some communities and some individuals that come to the university under-resourced, under-supported, undervalued, uh, even devalued. Yeah, and again, that was Reginald Barnes, or Reggie Barnes. Um, (laughs) You skipped straight to Reginald. (laughs) I don't know. I was like... That is his actual name. Yeah, that's his actual name, but he like just goes by Reggie. Legal name. Yeah. He just goes by Reggie, which is really sweet. It's it's like not even like, oh, call me Reggie. Like he just like introduces himself as that, which is really sweet. But um, but I guess Carter, it's like when you're reaching out to people, like particularly students and stuff, because you don't, like especially, I mean, now you can like have this sort of affiliation with Kansas City. Because I know like for us, when I'm trying to plan interviews and like reaching out to people and stuff like that, I always include the fact that we're a KNC affiliate. Mm-hmm. And that definitely helps, you know, like so we don't seem... It lends legitimacy. Yeah, it's like we're not just like a bunch of rando shady college students yeah. who hey, are going to student want to talk to you. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, if like honestly, if I was on the under, other end of that, I'd be like, no, like bye. But um, <laughs> so like, I guess how has that worked for you? Like, have there and been any times where people were like, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Or <laughs> no, I mean, it's been smooth sailing. No, really, it's been like people are very receptive and willing to uh, talk to me when I ask them to, even. Um, I won't talk about the specific institution, but there's an institution at NC State that uh, is is always very hard to cover a technician because they are not very receptive to 
being uh, asked for interviews. Mm. But I reached out to them recently and uh, you know asked about um, doing a certain project, and they were like they responded very quickly and were like we're already kind of getting on track to start planning something out. Nothing is set in stone, mm. but um, yeah, just like having the ability to sort of show people a body of work, um, come come to them sort of as an individual rather than like an institution also mm-hmm. um, gives them sort of a sense that like, okay, I know what to expect from him because I've heard his other stuff and I yeah. know what it's like to talk yeah. to him. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting point. You know, I mean like, because like on the one hand you get that like sense of legitimacy like from being affiliated with a bigger organization, but at the same time, it's like you said, people are more comfortable working with something they can see yes you know as opposed to it's like and and to like obviously organizations that have a longer history there's always going to be something like even one tiny little thing about it that people don't like like as an audience and instead of reflecting on all the good things they're going to remember like oh that one time yeah the technician did this one time wknc did this whereas with a newer lesser established um organization or project there's not really going to be that you know, oh, well, I heard from so-and-so that... You misquoted. Yeah, like, exactly. You, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's definitely an advantage that I have not yet um, messed up in any, like, serious way that would yeah. taint my reputation as I'm going to these people to ask to uh, talk to them. So, yeah, um, it's... I won't I won't uh, frame it as, like, a it's only a matter of time sort of thing, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I am definitely very careful about um, what I'm putting out because... Uh, there's a lot writing on making sure that like oh, yeah. fact checking is important. It's oh, yeah, journalism. It's I not mean, like yeah, you and I know. I mean, from working at a technician, that like one wrong word or something can, it can mess really you change up. Change the story. Yeah. yeah, it can really it can really throw it off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And on the production side of things, because I mean, obviously you went like with news. I guess for people that don't have any point of reference, you I mean, obviously it's like usually the smallest of the staff on technician yes. um, on the bigger technician roster, but you do have a staff. So like if there's 10 stories, you're going to delegate most of them mm-hmm. to other people and you're mm-hmm. just overseeing it. Whereas obviously now you are the person who is coming up with ideas, assigning the stories, reaching out to the right. people, editing the stuff and then putting it out. And then too, like you obviously like created your own website and stuff. So how is that transition? Like, do you like being like your own boss kind of yeah. situation? I mean, or? it's, it's like totally different. I mean, I loved my time at NC or uh, at, NC State. at NC State. I feel like I'm graduating. I am. You are. Uh, <laughs> I love my time at technician. I am loving my time at Pracy. Uh, I mean, they're just so different. It's hard to compare, but the things that I've really enjoyed about doing this project is like you said, having uh total control. I mean like absolute control over the appearance of the website how exactly it works, what images I'm using with each uh, story I'm putting out, the music I use, like every every aspect of production I, I have full control over. Mm-hmm. And it is limiting because when I was first starting, the idea I had was like, okay, I'm going to do this podcast, but on the side, I'm also going to do like student government journalism because that was my beat when I was news editor. I would yeah. kind of uh, regularly cover uh, student government stuff. But um, quickly figured out that I could not really offer something that was as high value as technician when it mm-hmm. comes to that sort of like quick twitch reporting because um, they have a whole staff that they can sort of um, uh, mobilize when a story is, is happening, whereas I have only my time and uh, my resources to do that. So yeah. I had to pivot. I couldn't do what I originally wanted to do, which was exactly the sort of reporting that I was doing at technician. 
but it's afforded me a lot more opportunity to get really deep into stories. Yeah. And like spend time really digging in. At first I was like, like a crock pot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, like your ideas are really just like. Yeah. Becoming a crock Yeah, they are. I mean, yeah, that, that's a good way of putting Versus it. Versus like, just like quick reporting and like this, 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 this. Like right. you have one thing that you're really kind of building on. And yeah. Flash frozen yeah. to crock pot. One man's story about <laughs> self-produced journalism. <laughs> yeah. And like, really it was that interview, like I said, with Reggie that. Um, sort of initiated this idea of thinking more about how people talk to each other about like identity and culture that actually birthed this podcast series that I'm now doing, Protected Class. Um, and, you know, whether that would have happened while I was at Technician, whether I would have thought to like approach my editor and be like, hey, can we start this project? Um, I don't know, but it definitely would lend itself to. Uh, happening more easily when I was doing it on my own and had more time to reflect and really think about all the things that I was talking to um, these these people about. So, And you mentioned that you're graduating this semester, right? Yes. So, I will be graduating in May. Congratulations. <laughs> but So where do you see this project going after graduation? Are you going to let it sort of die with your time at NC State? <laughs> or, you know, I mean, I guess just what what's the plan going forward with this? Uh, the plan only really extends as far as like two months from now, which mm -hmm. is still before I'm graduating. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I thought about that when I started it. I was kind of like, where is this going to go after I graduate? And um, to be fully honest, like the direction that it's taken, even from like the past few months, has surprised me. So I won't pretend to know exactly how it will go once I reach graduation. The likely thing is that, yes, it will just kind of fizzle out after I'm gone because uh, I don't have anyone to sort of hand it off to. I'm not really working with anyone. But, uh, you know, it, it might be that I continue doing it on my own, sort of outside of NC State. It might be like Pracy is the brand that he uses, like a uh, uh, freelance journalist or something. I don't know. But um, I, I'm really mostly concerned with how good I can make the next podcast I'm making and how good I can make the current series that I'm working on. Um, and since that's my focus, I've not really had time <laughs> to <laughs> consider the the long term of this project. So All right. And I guess like for anybody listening that wants to do something, so I mean, obviously not the exact same thing because that's that's not right. You shouldn't <laughs> cheat. That's not good. But, you know, kind of start their own independent project, um, especially like through audio and stuff like that and journalist based, um, you know, practice. What would you recommend for them getting started or like getting their feet off the ground? I, I mean, there's a lot of resources at NC State that will give you an opportunity to get your feet wet sort of directly in you know, specifically podcasting, but kind of more broadly, if you're just thinking about like any, any sort of like writing project, there's a lot of ways you can do that. If you want, if you're interested in audio, like they're even the libraries, each of the libraries have um, uh, audio rooms that you can go into and like record stuff. And they have professional grade software that uh, it's Adobe. So it's kind of, it's pretty intuitive to learn. Um, and you can start just playing around with it. I mean, the way that I started with the podcasting that I've been doing is just like, you know, record something and like sort of mix it up and like add, add intro music, see if it sounds good. Uh, and then 
show it to my friends. I mean, but if if you're interested in sort of doing that sort of thing, I mean, that's a model that I think will work very well. You can just do what you want in the libraries. There's also um, uh, people that can help you with sort of doing you know, your own website if you're interested in doing that. Um, NC State has a lot of things that will enable you to pursue any sort of project like this. And I, w- I mean, I would encourage you to do so. I mean, the more people independently doing reporting at NC State, I think the more informed the student body. But um, don't take my place. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you say those audio rooms were in both DHL yes, and Hunt? Yeah, they both. are. They're in both. Awesome. And, I've been to both of them, actually. Um, wow. Really I, I think they're... Uh, I've never actually been in one. I I, I hear <laughs> all the time. Fake news, honestly. <laughs> I love WKNC too much to, <laughs> to go to them. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that they're only lightly used. So if you ever want to like set a set an appointment with those, I was actually at DHL yesterday, and they were majority empty. I think two. Oh yeah, and there's like. Like all kind Where of, are they? I don't even know about them. I yeah. think they're on the third or fourth. There's also oh. a virtual reality room. Yeah, that's also a thing. That's and something. We have like, it's in the same row as that, <laughs> and we have a media room too with green screens. I've used those before for projects, and you can also check out DSLRs and microphones, tripods, like all the kind of stuff you would need to get started. Because especially another thing too is equipment, like equipment, like you know. Um, I mean, even like a, something like a MacBook that a lot of us would take for granted, like some people can't really afford that. Yeah. And another thing, too, is if you don't go to NC State, fun fact, because like the university's like owned by the state and funded by the state, you can go to um, any of our libraries and like check stuff out as long as you have a photo ID. So you don't necessarily have to be a student. I remember I was a senior in high school, came, checked out books here. But yeah, you can, I mean, still come and like check out equipment. Um, like, at, yeah, honestly, like. Think and do. Yeah, think and do, honestly. Um, God bless public institutions. <laughs> so, Carter, where can people keep up with Pracy and all the new stuff that you're doing? Pracy.com is where I put all of my content, all the podcasts. Um, and you can subscribe to both of the podcasts that I put out on Apple Podcasts, on Overcast, um, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts. And the two Again, the name of the two podcasts that I do are the Pracy Podcast, which is uh, weekly or biweekly and sort of general NC State news. And then Protected Class is twice a week. It's the new project I'm starting, which is about identity, culture, and communication. And the next episode will come out on Wednesday. And uh, you can also listen on WKNC on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and Saturdays at 12 p.m., so noon. Um, that's when the that's when protected class comes out. If you want to wake up at seven a.m. on Tuesdays, <laughs> you can also hear. The or Bracey if you're already podcast. up, if you're driving to your, yeah, yeah. To your job. And could you uh, spell Bracy? Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I I'm just that's that's a great point. P R A E C I. So it's yeah. It's, I I picked it's a, French. I didn't pick. <laughs> it's it really not is literally though. French, but it is based on a French word. Um, yeah, I didn't pick a very radio friendly name, uh, especially considering I work for WKNC. But yeah, P R A E C I. That's how you spell Pracy. And if you can find the website, that will point you to all the places that you might be interested in uh, listening to it. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carter. And again, like, I almost called you Connor. Your name is not Connor. Your name is Carter. Like Carter said, you can find. 
all of the like snippets that we showed today and any of the other podcasts that are produced and any ones that will come out in the future at Pracy.com, which is P-R-A-E-C-I.com. And they also come on air at a variety of different times. And if you want to know when those are, you can go to WKNC.org slash schedule. Um, but yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. And after the break, we're going to be talking to Marissa Jordan uh, from another KNC program called Eye in the Triangle about her audio documentary, The Living Room Experience. Stay tuned and you're listening to 88.1 WKNC.